friends for another episode of fake nerds watch we are starting another marvel series we're starting loki we're here to talk about the first three episodes i am of course sparks witty i'm joined by ryan ryan ah! oh god guys time keeps on slipping 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 into the future oh that was so uncomfortable to look at oh it felt really great though <laughs> it was like you were being born and dying at the same time what are we here to talk about <clears throat> <Finger> <clears throat> invasion uh... thank god no uh we're no. talking loki this is ryan eliopoulos we're of course joined by ben magnet anybody listening uh there's a visual gang you missed yeah it. i was time yeah. slipping <laughs> yeah definitely uh also ryan we're here to talk about a better show True. Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome Perfect. back. Welcome back to Fake Nerds Watch, as Spark said. Uh, season two, y'all. I I think Loki season one is the best Marvel TV show. I think that's undeniable in my opinion. I think it's also one of the better things that we've had since Endgame ended. Uh, so I'm very excited. I'm super excited to be back. Uh, do you guys think the quality level is still there? Ben, I just want to hear a quick yes or no. Is it still there? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Sparks, do you agree? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am. If I had to do the emperors up or down, I will go up. But mm -hmm. I definitely am feeling a little more lukewarm on the season. But I'm still, I'm still really enjoying it because it just looks really good. It looks like a, like it just looks like a TV show, which is incredible. But, but to be fair, I also would have been shaky. Pretty sure I was. Uh, excuse me, not that shaky because we were still early into the MCU on Disney Plus days. Yeah. But like. It's not like episode three and four of Loki were 100% bangers to me. I sure. particularly remember back then was when I was like, how come Loki can throw a whole tower with Oh, no, head? we were all in agreement. We were all in agreement. Like, I, so there was definitely like stuff there where I wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of the one of the best. So, But looking back now, we, we had it so good. Guys. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I will say that I think Loki continues to be able to hold that mantle season one in particular because it was a season one. Mm hmm. And like the only show that I would argue even kind of competes is She-Hulk, which also I feel, even though they never said there will be a season two, is very much a season one. Yeah. And the shows that feel that way did did come out the best. Crazy shows that feel like TV shows yeah. feel good. Yeah. Well, they're actual TV shows and not long ass movies. They turn out to be pretty dang good. I mean, yeah. I st right. I'll still argue, I'll, or I'll still mention that I really, st I still enjoy WandaVision just because of how it different it is. But we're not here to talk about WandaVision. We're here to talk yeah. about Loki season two. And uh, to, to, so Ben, real quick, we're talking episodes one through three. Episode one yes. is Ouroboros, uh, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, uh, written by Eric Martin. Uh, then we're talking episode two, Breaking Brad, by directed by Dan DeLua uh, and written by Eric Martin. And then we're talking episode three, 1893, directed by Kasra Farahani. Uh, written by Eric Martin and Kasra Farahani and Jason O'Leary with story by Eric Martin. Love it. Um, real quick, uh, so we have new, new, not showrunners, because Marvel doesn't do that yet, uh, but the, the guys who are in charge of this season, uh, Eric Martin and uh, Aaron Benson and just, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, uh, those two directors, Benson and Moorhead, I'm huge fans of theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, they've done really awesome, low-budget sci-fi horror movies. They worked on VHS, uh, The Endless, Spring, Resolution, Synchronic. They're really awesome indie filmmakers. So, like, them coming to this jump, you know, Marvel often likes to get smaller directors to join a thing. Uh, uh, th I, I feel their presence in here because this is still a really well-crafted show. You know, we'll talk about the story and stuff, but, like, I think visually, this show is top-notch. 
I think it looks incredible. I have no problems with the visuals. Every time uh, uh, Loki time slips, it's the grossest, coolest thing I've ever seen. I want it to happen all the time. Sorry for Loki, though. It probably sucks. Lots of practical sets. Lots of practical sets. Like, it's like we there's just a whole Western town that we spend time in. I'm like, wow, that's not the volume. I love it. So uh, on a visual level, I'm just happy that we have a show that has, like, a direction and a vision. Uh, the story, though, it, I will say it's leaving me a little bit uh, to be desired. Uh, but we'll but we'll get into it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's the first it's the first three episodes. They're still trying to I don't want to say they're trying to grab you. I mean, we know what the hook is. She who remains is dead. Um, mm -hmm. A bunch of variants are walking around. The time the sacred timeline is branching like no tomorrow. It's absolute chaos mm -hmm. at the TVA. Everyone's realizing they're variant. It's like this whole this whole thing. But looking at episodes one through three as a whole. Um, like Ryan, you say if you were the emperor, it'd be a thumbs down, thumbs up sort of thing. I agree this is a thumbs up, but it's more of a like eh, yeah. three quarters of a thumbs up. It's still a thumbs up. Um, but I will also say that I'm more excited to watch this show than other previous Marvel shows. Like I won't like looking back on Secret Evasion, that was a chore to get through. I <laughs> that was out that was like it I was not excited for a new episode of Secret Invasion. I was like, yeah. oh joy, here we go again. Who's a Yeah, I, I try I really try to stay positive, uh, even in times when it's hard to, but like mm -hmm. near the end of Secret Invasion, I'm just like, you guys aren't even I feel like you guys aren't even trying to win me over anymore. But anyway, we have a whole yeah. discussion yeah. about that well, that will be out yeah, by the time. We did, we did, so. we did, but not to talk not to linger on Secret Invasion for a whole lot more, but this does feel like a breath of fresh air because as you said, this feels like <laughs> an actual television show. Each episode thus far has a clear beginning, middle, and end with a little hook at the end of the show or the end of the episode to be like, here's something else or here's a thread that we're going to explore next episode. Yeah. And I, uh, I wasn't going to go here, but I think you queued it up. I don't want you to get too far down the road, Ben, because I think you mm -hmm. queued it up very well where you're like, we all know the score. We all know what's going on here. The, you know, he who remains is dead. Now the branching timelines and the, the multiple case come together. And I think one of the problems I'm having with the season is that, the characters don't all know this. Mm. Like we've had Loki tell Mobius, sure, but like this is not the problem that everybody's working on. There's the thing, the thing that we were left hanging on from season one is not the thing we're focusing on, right. and it's become background. And I'm not upset about that, but I think we are convoluting with a lot of other things layering on top that we are losing sight of that being the thrust narrative. And my concern is less about the season or even the show handling that than it is, I think this is actually making the Kang problem worse. So so it's interesting because yeah, season one ends with like, okay, so now, now the Kang floodgates are open, right? But mm -hmm. the problem of season two is the multiverse is in danger and we have to save it. So we have a whole plot about having to fix this time loom over which is, which is not done yet in, by the time we watch it. So it's going to continue probably for the rest of the season, I'd have to assume, right? I, so like, I'll, I'll say like just real quick because we do the jump to the future in the first episode. Yeah. I'm very certain that's the last episode. And I'm very certain that like the end of the season is about successfully or unsuccessfully tightening the loom. Yeah. So the branches aren't freaking out. But like that's going to be the season's plot. Not, oh, there's more King variants that are there that are coming. That's going to be pushed. I think that's going to be pushed back even further to not be i don't want to bring future episodes into this but episode four is out as of recording this and i and that is not the case okay uh but i didn't want to bring that up because like we haven't seen it but i do know there is more king stuff we just haven't seen it yet um okay. but i do still think that's a problem that like that is the big crux of it but uh 
I guess, I guess I'm not as, well, I, I guess I just, I just don't, I'm not as perturbed by it just because like, we're still getting variants of King. It's just like, we have to, we have to have him save the world instead of destroy it I think, before he can destroy it. I think it, it's more is, that, I think we, we've, in a, in a six episode structure season, mm-hmm. I think we've thrown too many different problems oh, yeah. ahead of it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and like, while I've enjoyed the episodes, yeah. I will say that like, we we did like set up then one and done on Doc's destroying branch timelines. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. not. Uh, That's honestly we spend a lot. Of time my on. biggest, my biggest, the one of the biggest issues I have with the season so far is yeah. Uh, um, that the em- ending of episode two feels like we there's like an episode missing. Yeah, like we are we I are even sh- the start of episode two. Like we are straight into yo we're destroying all these timelines. It feels like we're in the middle of a war. Uh, and I'm we like, leave off. We leave off from episode one with Brad. Uh, like loyal to docs and heading out on this mission and we pick up episode two and he's abandoned her and living his own life on the sacred and that's, timeline that will, and like yeah. it, it, i i think you can do that kind of a leap mm-hmm. um because one of my problems is that doctor who and i've watched a lot of it lately but like doctor who is very good at um a character is on one timeline yeah and another character is on a different timeline and so in the same episode you're staying with the character who has the linear close timeline yeah but they're picking up with a character whose timeline is much that much broader and different things have happened yeah, yeah much quicker and i feel like we needed that with the brad situation like i needed a greater implication about the fact that like loki and mobius have kind of gone from one moment to the next but brad has had like a breadth of yeah. time that we are just now able to pick up on because that's when they found him yeah uh yeah. and it's supposed but, to but be he, but he got away with like years years yeah uh of of hunting of hiding mm-hmm. um because time is different in the tva so they exist in a singular nexus point but time is happening out there yeah and brad has had time happening to him and i don't think that they nail that concept at at, at anywhere near the level that i want them to. sure i actually i really like episode two but i do agree that like there's just like it feels like half the episode's missing uh, but I really like all the all the Brad stuff. I think that stuff's really no, good. it's really good. Like I'm not disparaging. Yeah, yeah. It. Once they have Brad, I'm I'm with it. Yeah. It's this like, how did we get from Brad episode one to Brad episode two? Well, they explain it because of Sylvie, and he finds Sylvie, and he's like, he wants her to have her own life, and that's and that he should have his own life, and I that it's enough for me, but I do want more because mm-hmm. like I understand like like once we get to Sylvie and she's living her own life like Brad realizes he can also have that he can he can be the person he wants to be so like I'm okay with that but I just I needed more of it uh but I it's weird to um, it's weird to queue up this doc story real quick Ben um in episode 1 and uh by connection of Brad yeah we're done with it in episode 2 like we're not, it, we're not though but but in like it but in the sense of what were they building what yes. were they doing yeah, yeah. that whole mission um that is my biggest. These characters, so the, that relationship is underdeveloped. That idea yeah. of like, you can't, you can't do a thing where Brad like leans his head into her and then say, "Oh, by the way, he went AWOL. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and that, and that be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like on paper, and I like the performance of what Brad's saying about why he abandoned and everything, mm-hmm. but it feels like we we miss something in in the detail of the character or even like again if we had that knowledge of like that i don't feel that the show lends like that would give me more of the belief like brad's been at this for years yeah 
like that that this has been a long period of time that they did not know what Brad was doing. For. Brad Wolf, the maniac, the zaniac. Excuse uh, me. Ben, you were gonna say. Yeah. So I actually, my I do agree with you guys. I actually do think that that is one hundred percent true and valid. And the more I think about it, yeah, the more that kind of does rub me the wrong way. But my biggest problem is how the thing happening to Loki is essentially resolved and fixed by episode one. And in the trailers, it seemed like it was going to be a much bigger problem throughout the entire season. Mm -hmm. And that's Loki's time slipping bit. Because all that is solved in episode one. And I'm like, they could have kept that as... I'm trying to think. I know there has been like a few instances in other shows, like in other superhero shows where the mate, where our hero has like this condition and it affects them throughout the entire season until the season finale where, where it's either fixed or it gives them a, a greater consequence. I, I know there's something out there. I just can't think of one at the top of my yeah. head, but the time slipping thing would have been such a good wrinkle to add yeah. more conflict drama and just, all these horrible consequences <clears throat> that the entire season could have been Loki's version of Murphy's law. They real quick, they, they wrote themselves in a corner with that because it's such an incredible premise that like he's bouncing between not just the past, but the future. The problem is they can't have that through the entire season. Cause they have to write like twice as much material. And I just don't mm-hmm. think they, I think they set it up and they're like, Oh no, if we do this every episode, then every episode will have to have a back to the future. Oh, this is happening then. And this is happening there. And that probably would have been a really more engaging season if this is constantly happening, but that's also way more effort. And I just, I think they were like, Oh, we have to get rid of this real quick. I would, I would agree with you if it weren't six episodes. Yeah. And I think for six episodes, you can figure it out. No, I, and the other thing is like, you can write something like this, the the third episode that we'll get to Loki is most of the time, not in TVA for that. Yeah. If you said that only happens to him when he's in the TVA, you solve half that problem. That's true. So like, I, I, I hear you, no, I, yeah, but yeah. I do think there was a interesting way to not have that. Now, that being said, I do want to kind of go back what Ben was saying. When we end Loki season one, we, we all did our discussions on it. We talked about it. Uh, we all, as I think is correct, the read from the end of season one is that, oh, the TVA has been changed. Yes. He goes back and the TVA is now under a different king, a more overt king. A, a king conqueror. conqueror. Yeah. And Mobius doesn't remember him. I that's been retcon. Yes, yeah, I think no, as, yeah. as I think that was the intention initially. As you said, we have different creative people, yes. and I think they realized Loki and Mobius not knowing each other is not good. This is not a, interesting and not a part of the show that we want. This and is like for the better, while, I think. And like while I liked the idea of a TVA that was changed yeah. to be more more overtly about Kang, yeah, recognizing that Loki and Mobius need to be still have their relationship, and is, I do think is I do think the key key part of the show yeah um b15 too yes uh, although she's, I, she's I not doing anything in yeah. this season. i was really excited at episode one because she was very present and then it started getting less and less and i i'm like you are wasting Wumi masako 100 percent. Uh, i'm so mad anyway um but i think that was very smart yeah. because like the idea looking back on it like the idea of a of a season where loki and mobis don't know each other was utterly uninteresting. Having to, to redo that whole relationship again. That relationship is is key yeah. to why yeah. the show works. So yeah. the idea of erasing it, I think this was a very smart pivot to I agree. he's in the past. But that being said, now that they made that pivot, I do think like trapping all the interesting stuff about uncovering that past to episode one was a was a little bit of a hitch. Uh I think I do think it should have been spread out across the season a little bit better. Um, even if it is like 
that we got more clues about things that Loki's trying to figure out at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more of a mystery. But he had, like, stuff that he uncovered in the past, but he didn't get to see all of it, so he's trying to, like, find more of those things throughout mm -hmm. the season in the heart of the TVA. I think that would be, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I do think, like, to your point, Ben, I could have, I would have liked it if his time slipping carried past. I would have at least liked it if the stuff related to him knowing things from the past was a thing that carried over across the season. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, a smart pivot, but a pivot that has not fully bloomed. To talk about episode one, which honestly, I I love episode one totally. Like, I, think I think it's great. I uh, like especially Ouroboros getting uh uh. What's his? I forget his name. Kihei Kwan. Kihei Kwan. Thank you. Uh, as Ouroboros, he's incredible. He has he's just anything he's in, he's great. Uh, and him and <clears> what I love, what I loved about what the season was presenting us was Avengers Endgame and Infinity War introduced that that time travel doesn't work the way back to the future time travel works. You go back in time, it doesn't change the past, right? When the TVA is concerned, it's back to the future logic because you do something in the past to the future and it affects it. And I love that because yeah. you have the incredible, my favorite scene so far in this whole show is Ouroboros going, he didn't tell me that. Wait a minute. Yes, he yeah. did. And it was 300 years ago. And yeah. that is so fun. Yeah. And I was expecting that to happen throughout the entire season. And again, like you said, like it's all truncated in that first episode. And I'm like, man, if this were the whole show where people are constantly like, wait, I think you told me this before. That would have been really fun. But again, I yeah. think they just they just got like, I don't want to say lazy, but like we can't overcomplicate this complicated show already. And I'm like, this you could have, you really could have. It was really, yeah. it's it's a really sharply written, well-performed scene yeah. where we're bouncing between Loki and Mobius, both talking to him at different points in time. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, that can't happen to the TVA. You just saw it. Yeah, I'm having a hard time reconciling that. And then he said and that. Then, and, then, <laughs> and, then it's like, and then it's like, wait. I, I want to sum it up because it's Mobius being like, wait, are you saying that he's talking to you in the past and you're just remembering it now? And he's like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I see no flaw in that logic. And I'm like, there right. it is. Looking right, like, right at the camera. About the time travel is, doesn't that work? I love Fine. it. I, I love those moments where they look right at the camera and tell you this. Like, that's like the yeah. joke I always make. Of like, they're just telling you, audience, don't worry about it. Yeah, I love Kihei Kwan in this show so much. I mean, we're going to die. At, like ever since he had his huge comeback with everything everywhere all at once everything that he's been in and out i've just been like yay yeah yeah, yeah. champion that man for do i mean him is or like him is oroboros just his like his bluntness is just so funny and like just him like constantly talking about how he wrote the tba guidebook and obviously no one Nobody. except for casey has read it yeah. and i mean later on victor timely but uh, just Opie is awesome. I love him. He is uh, the constant and, mentions of like your skin's gonna peel off, and like Moby's like, I don't want my skin to peel off. And it's just so it's I, I them battling about which is worse. Yeah, getting yeah. Yeah, <laughs> removing yourself from the timeline or getting your skin peeled off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love it. I think the first episode starts so strong, and it like puts me in a, like a like a good faith of how the rest of the season's gonna go. And then episode two, kind of like here's like half an episode, uh, which which again I really like all the stuff we got in episode two. It's just like. It ha some things happen so fast. I love, yeah, just, I really love the dialogue with Brad and Loki. All that's yeah. so good. Uh, just staying on episode one yeah, for yeah. a bit. Um, that 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 comedy, the the locust Loki movies, like it's very much the you know, oh yeah, we're back, baby. This is it. This is yeah. this is the jam. Yep. Um, really, really loved uh, episode one. I can't stress enough. I thought they they were so smart in how they pivoted. Like you said, B fifteen is far more present. We get the um, 
the championing of we have to stop all pruning stuff going on. I like the introduction of like the new like time society people because like who someone has to take over and it's all these like old old fogies. Uh, and there's that one who's like, you know, I've always, I've always gave a guilty verdict. I don't, I don't have to. And I'm like, cool. That's yeah. cool. Like, like we yeah. see progress in a TVA. That's really cool. And then, and then I don't want to go to episode two. Sorry. Uh, in episode one, when, uh, Loki like prunes the wall and you see yeah. the Kings and yes. like, you see his actual like fear. And I'm like, man, like I feel it. Like I feel, I feel how scared Loki is. Cause right. like so much happens in episode one. Well, and then I feel like we kind of lose some of that. And he does a really good job when he's, you know, doing the, the conversation with Mobius and he says like, you know, we got to the end of time and the man made sense yeah and i don't know how to deal with that like i was i was prepared for a villain and he made sense and like i he, like loki is still in the moment of processing it yeah mm -hmm. well we can we we came to a draw and it's like oh you both kicked each other through time doors simultaneously and he's like no, stop. that's a sylvie staple she's been yeah. she's gonna do that a lot kicking yeah. people through doors i love it yeah yeah uh yeah i think i i, I really love owen wilson in the dumb the big dumb suit oh the, the oversized type yeah going out there yeah uh i think that's that's really great his his like comedy beats and just uh like really not jazzed about what he's gonna do yeah. and the time loom again like the special effects like whether it's practical or, or or cgi look incredible like the time loom idea like the millions of timelines funnel to help the sacred timeline is such a cool idea uh and before we get to episode two with all like the destroying of him like all the pa all the multiple branches just happening but like you can't destroy them because that's there's trillions of lives in every single one of those timelines and like that feels like a really like that feels real yeah and then i think yeah. they really undermine it later the fact mm. that that uh like b15 when she's looking at the timeline and then she realizes that all these timelines all these branches are people living their lives there's there's like just it's yeah i mean yes it's weird to they take these giant concepts these um these vast giant quantity of numbers, <laughs> like these vast quantity of lives, multiple universes, and all these branches in the in this timeline, as like it's hard to quantify sometimes. It, it's it is how, yeah. how how big we're talking. Yeah, yeah like the um, I don't want to I don't want to jump into episode two, but at the same time, the scene where she's just looking at the timeline branch, yeah. uh, the branches being pruned, and she just realizes that those are trillions upon trillions upon quintillions. I, I that, that's a number, right? Quintillion. It's all, it's all of it. It's all too many lives. Yeah, it's, all, yeah. Yeah. it's just so much is gone, and it's just like all the good like, what if episodes. Yeah, <laughs> all the good what if episodes. Yeah, it's essentially if Thanos snapped twenty million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 strong, and it's a strong baseline to have there. Of mm -hmm. like, we need to solve this problem. Uh, I, I get like not everybody being tactically worried about the man at the end of time and the Kang warning and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And being like, they don't know right now, the timelines are just like freaking out. And it's like, but, but like really what's at risk is outside of like docs, like going and destroying the timelines and everything. What's at risk is the TVA. Yeah. <clears throat> like they, that's all is they're just trying to kind of like secure their base so that they can still manage what they're trying to manage about the timelines. But like if the timelines break out of the loom, the timelines just exist. Yeah. You know, uh, mm -hmm. like it, it's not bad for them. It's bad for the TVA. Yeah. Um, which I think is also an interesting and important yeah. uh, piece of. There's the a puzzle. great, uh, there's a great uh, moment in, in where Loki he discovers a tape. Uh, it's of Ravona and yeah, a Kang, a Kang, uh, and from the comics, if you know, like Ravona and Kang have like a long history of being mm -hmm. lovers and enemies and lovers and like. And someone else was listening to it. And someone else was listening to it. Uh, uh, but what's really cool is like we know that Kang and Ravona have a relationship that Ravona does not have right now. 
which means like all these times of love, like, oh yeah, all y'all have been mind wiped. Yeah, like Mobius potentially hundreds of times, Ravona potentially hundreds of times. It's like, nobody knows what they're really dealing with, uh, except for maybe Loki uh, and Sylvie, uh, which is which is really cool. And then uh, I, I do feel like how episode one is so strong. And then I feel like, again, we lose some of that, some of that spark the further we go on. Uh, uh, go ahead, Ben. I, I would say episode one starts off strong. Episode two teeters out a little bit. There's still some good stuff in there, but then episode three brings me right back into the fold. It's like, let's go. Um, yeah. Uh, are, the, are we done I, with episode one? Because I do have some thoughts on episode two, and I don't want to. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna some thoughts. Um, X five, okay. which is Brad. I'm kind of surprised that we never. Like, it's fine. It's it's just like you know extra texture stuff. But it was most interesting to me. If you notice, he stands like this. Yeah. And there's a scar that goes across his arms and his chest armor. Yeah. So that means that, like, whatever happened to him happened when he was, like, in this kind of pose, which I think is weird. It's, it's a natural pose. <laughs> yeah, it's natural pose that he got slashed in. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's just a weird thing. Your phone's a green screen. I just noticed that. That's uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh. I will mean Wasaku's giving 110%. It's really weird to me. And like, we'll get into uh, the obvious appearance of her in episode three, but like, it's weird to me that when we meet the other leaders, none of them give a shit where Renslayer is. They don't even get totally care that she's AWOL. It's not even a factor they're bringing up. I, the person who was like, you know, effectively outside of Miss Minutes running it. Um, yeah. They're not, they're not like, where did she go? What happened? Uh, uh, is they're not calling her a traitor. They're not, none of that. None of that is a factor in their mind. And I do think that's a little bizarre because they're the people who were like the rank right under her. If I, if I had to give a, like a bullshit reason, it's because like they've mm -hmm. all now been promoted and they're just like, I don't even want to think about the last person who ran this. We're just going to fix this shit. But like, they don't really like, they don't give that off at all. Right. But that's just like my, what I imagine. I also, I, this, this went back to like, this was a thought I had before episodes two and three came out when I was watching episode one, I'm like, it's weird that we don't care more about where Renslayer went. Like, like Renslayer abandoned post in a way where it's like, yo, she knows shit. Uh, at least that was the knowledge we were working with from the way she left in season one. And and I, she, she doesn't really. And right, we know now he's just like courier for the he who remains his. But that's client. not. Uh, that's also, I think, a bit of a retcon from season one, and I don't know how I feel about that one. Well, I'm I think that's that from episode. Well, three. I think that's because it's it's Miss Minutes who gives her the mission. Sure. So, like, I don't think she she has it before season one. She seemed, but we like going back to season one. She seemed to know about the robots. That did yes. not surprise her. Yes. And so, also, kind of an implied knowledge of the greater machinations, even if she didn't know. Like, she knew about the man at the end of time. Yeah, but she, I don't. Like, I don't think she. This version of Ravona hasn't met him. He, she, she's been right. right. She's been yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, I feel I, you. but I feel like that's a little bit of a shift. Sure. Uh, I think they're trying to mask it very, very much. But I do think it's a shift from like yeah. what they to be fair, they did not give her enough presence or character in the first season yeah. to firmly establish what she knew and what her intentions were because they left it as we're going to solve that later. That's kind of why I'm I'm OK with it, because like there wasn't a lot to work with her. To be but honest. but going from season one and then before we see her in season two without that information, mm -hmm. when I'm going through those episodes of season two, it is kind of like. Renslayer seemed to be really in on this. Like nobody cares. Nobody's nobody's after Renslayer. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, until until her temp pad pops up, and they're like, "Oh, but we're really after Miss Minutes." Like nobody gives a shit that Renslayer's taken off. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Uh, the the elevator, how uh uh, you know how the time slipping looks bit is is common gold. <laughs> um, especially revealing the other person in the elevator looking at it yes. horrified. How bad does it look? Uh, it doesn't look that bad. Yeah. 
Mm, yeah, I think that covers everything that I would have noted. In very, one. very Ki strong Ki opening. Kihoi Kwan comes in really strong, and that's um, I, I like the. This is progressional from episode one to two, but like the the return of Casey, the mm -hmm. extra yeah. character uh, who's now also being roped into the gang, kind of doing things. I think that's fun. I really like. I like Casey. I think he's fun. Uh, I, I just I'm really bummed out that B15 has just been really reduced. <laughs> that she's basically Casey's level of yeah. Now. Yes, like, it bothers me. Too. He kind of just went like he kind of went from just being like a guy at a desk to being like a tech genius, which again I don't have a problem with. That's like you know look at Tej from the Fast and the Furious or whatever. I'd like that doesn't bother me. But like it just like B15 was like such a prominent role, and I'm like oh she kind of feels like background in the in the season, and I'm like oh man. And it didn't feel that way like up until. 10 minutes in episode two, I'd yeah. say. Because that first 10 minutes, like I remember being super excited when she also showed up to try and capture Brad. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit, she's here too. Yeah. But then oh, they're no. like, oh, never mind. Yeah. And then they're like, no, nah, but now like she's got to just stay at base. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why? What is she doing? She doesn't, she's like trying to kind of manage things, but like someone else can do that. She's a person who goes out on, on the role. I don't understand why she's not getting to episode three, I don't understand why she's not also there Yeah, for the ring. Other than like juggling too many characters, which whatever. I honestly, I wonder <clears throat> like something, maybe it's a scheduling thing or maybe, or like I would, or I don't, I hope they're just not like, yeah, we don't, we don't need her in the season as much. Cause like she was a fighter. I think character. they don't know what to do with her. Yeah. I honestly, mm -hmm. like I'm being honest. I think they know she's ta a talented actor Yeah, and they don't know what to do with her. Um, and I think they're struggling yeah, I, to, to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, I I think like other than being the mouthpiece of, I I personally have now seen the lives that exist outside the timeline and understand this and recognize it and will champion this fight. They they're not giving her a lot. I I have a feeling she'll have more to do later in the season. I'm hoping because I have a feeling that they're gonna like the TVA is gonna go from being like an offensive force to like a defensive force. Sure. And I think she might be like the new lead because I don't think Mobius is gonna want to lead the TVA. I think he's going. I think his trajectory is like. I don't know something different. Yeah, I I think you're. I think there's a, a distinct possibility of that. I just want her to have a character that's yes. not just I manage the thing. Yeah. Um. And right now it's mostly I manage the thing. Yeah. Let's talk about Brad Wolf the Zaniac, who is a real uh, Marvel character. Oh, he is. Yeah, he was. Yeah. A, he's a. He's a. He's a. He, I think he showed up in Thor, like a '70s issue of Thor for the first time. Back when you know our our huge heroes also fought small scale villains. <laughs> uh, but I love this premise. I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, again, I don't think it's explored enough. But this idea that like, <laughs> yo, this guy who is all about the TVA, and then he realizes, oh, I can't have my own life. I want to be a movie star. So he goes back to the seven. Is it the seventies or the eighties? Seventies. Yeah. So it's like slasher. It's the eighties. Um, and he becomes a famous movie star. And I think that's a really fun, cool idea. Uh, I think it's a, a again like that section of the episode. Seventies. I think it's late seventies. Uh, that section of the episode is really fun. I really enjoyed all the conversations with Brad and Mobius and and Loki. The torture is like really like like I really enjoy seeing Loki like do the Loki again, like becoming a villain, even though he's like kind of like you know pretending. How much is he pretending? He's pretending. He's a good guy now. But like I thought that was really great. Uh, the actor who plays Brad. I think he's really fun and really good. Um, he's in like some big time show where people really love this guy, but I don't, I don't remember what it is. Probably some of those like outlanders or something. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, for the most part, I really enjoyed this episode until we got to the end, uh, where it's kind of like, just like another episode thrown in, uh, with the big, like, you know, the war of the TVA, which is like, right, yeah, it's just like it came out of nowhere, man. It does. It does. Um, I want to highlight actually one of my favorite scenes in that episode. And it's just the scene where Mobius and Loki are eating pie. Oh Yeah. I think that scene is great 
because Loki is just trying to like, hey, haven't you ever thought about it? Haven't you ever thought about your place in the timeline? Where did you want to go? Or what do you want to do? And Mobius is like, nah, man, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just chilling. I like this. I like being here. And it's, it reminds me of like one of my old, it's weird because that episode kind of hit me hard where it's, I'm at a place where I'm at now that I don't like. And then there are other people who are doing the same thing that I'm doing and they love it. And I just, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around it. But at the same time, and Loki is just like, he's trying to break it down trying to get an answer. And Mobius is like, I don't really have an answer for you. It's just what I like to do. This is just my life. Well, also like it does another, there is another side of that of like, okay, so what if I do look into that life and it's considerably better it's a better life and I can't have it. And that's worse. I should, sh- I'd never want to look at it. I never want to know the possibility because this is all I am. I don't need to know more because if mm-hmm. it's better then I'm going to be shit, I'm going to be sad about it the rest of my life. So like, yeah. it's really kind of sad where like, he mm-hmm. won't accept, he won't accept like the reality of the situation of like, bro, you're, you're, you're not a person. You, you work for a corporation. Like it's, it's, it's really sad. It, like you look, we work for a very weird corporation too. It's like, yeah. It's, but yeah, I absolutely love that scene. But also, I love how Mobius. Um, he kind of it, it's he can't. Owen Wilson had me kind of going back and forth a little bit. Like the second interrogation interrogation scene with Brad when Loki locks uh, Mobius outside, and yeah. Mobius is just like, "Open the door, open the door." I'm just like, "Oh, so is this Loki going rogue, or is this?" And then when he goes back and is like, "Hey, great, excellent plan," I was like, "Oh, thank you." It's like, you slide. I. I- I knew the whole time, yeah, but but it, was, but it was extremely well executed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's like well, doesn't he, he say Mobius? could be an actor. You're so good at this. Well, he literally before they go to that scene, he's <laughs> like, um, "Got any ideas?" You know, God of Mischief mm-hmm. to Loki, and I'm like, "So whatever's coming next, obviously, is a plan." So like, he, I I never I never even for a second yeah. thought that Loki was actually. But it was still I I found it well executed and fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Brad, uh, knowing that that was key, that that like. They look like time worlds, but they can also be like boxes and they can crush people. I'm like, that's sadistic. That's crazy. That uh, is a tor- that's real. Oh man. Going back to like the the um key line pie conversation, it is it is something where like the moments for that kind of thing in this season feel few and far between where I felt they were more frequent in the first season. Yes. And like obviously the season is much more reactionary. There's there's timetables, there's a lot going on. Yeah. That needs to be done. Setting up stuff. Yeah. Um, but I would argue, even looking at not not to get too far ahead into episode three, but just like I don't feel like there's a like there's as much time or thought given to the scene where you would have something comparable about Timely and Ravona talking with each other right Mm -hmm. i don't think that's as strong sure um and i i feel like that kind of character stuff is just not as spread across the season as much as i wish it was uh comparably to the first yeah yeah yeah. um in terms of uh the loki the loki mischievous stuff what i do like is i felt like this episode kept loki as we should think of him more in mind than I think even the first season got because this is a Loki who, again, before the TVA stuff, his most recent thing was 2012's The Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, And using the shadows with the horns, um, messing with his magic in that way, referencing directly the events from that. Uh, (laughs) I've had a bad day. I took over New York. (laughs) Like it was fairly recent. Uh, I I think far more the the like, you know, uh, I got mad because 
the, the mindset wasn't working. So I threw him out a window. That wasn't tactical. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's like, no, no big deal. It's a really good self-assessment, but it's also, again, like keeping it in the context that like Loki might have learned about the alternate stuff of his timeline. Yeah. But uh, even as Loki is trying to be good, he is most recently that iteration of Loki. Yeah. I love seeing all the all the magic stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sylvie. Uh, he has telekinesis. I just accept it now. Yeah. Sylvie yeah. also has telekinesis now, which like, well, she is Loki. So I guess that makes sense. Uh, that's fine. It's, it's, it's whatever. Um, I do like seeing all the magic though. Uh, like him becoming a crowd and Brad swings a bat through a dude. I'm like, oh, I didn't, that got me. I didn't think he would do that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was, think uh, that was really good. I love, I love, I'm glad that he's like using more magic because like I love Loki movies just chatting, but he is a, he is the god of mischief. He is, he is an Asgardian. Like use some of that shit, right? Like, right. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I looked at the writing. Eric Martin wrote, wrote all of these episodes except for one he which he wrote with two two people but uh the first season was written by a bunch of different people right. and and you can tell like again this is one of those situations where with these giant ass shows maybe having one person write all of it isn't the best idea because yeah. you need more eyes on it um which you know is, is a problem they are now thankfully fixing because of the, the wga and stuff mm. like that right because they're being forced to yeah um but yeah it's it there's there's really great stuff i think in the brad stuff there's there's great stuff on, on the table of of um you're a Loki, villain Loki. Loki and and all the villain stuff um Sylvie Sylvie doesn't bother me too much when she shows up in this episode a little not a lot um McDonald's yeah it, it, when when she shows up I think there's a little bit of a I think her amount of dismissal about what Loki's trying to say is fair oh uh, yeah oh yeah uh, at the at this point Episode three is a different conversation to me sure. um, about what they're doing with Sylvie, but but in episode two, I think it it, it works. I love I love where she's at in episode two. Uh, that like mm -hmm. she she has found her own life. What and it you know it might just be working at a McDonald's in Bronxton, Oklahoma, in nineteen eighty something. Uh, Bronxton, Oklahoma. Fun fact: big, <laughs> big, big place in yes in uh, comic book mythology because uh, during the Dark Avengers reign era, uh, Norman Osborn uh, shits all over the Asgardians and they get basically. Asgard is in Oklahoma. So there's a giant Asgardian city in the middle of Oklahoma, and there's a giant Avengers battle in there. It's dope. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I like when they reference little silly things like takes place in Oklahoma. Uh she works at McDonald's. Uh, she just wanted to live a happy life. Uh I think that's great. I think that's lovely. Like when when the season, the episode one cliffhanger is like, what do you want to try? I want to try everything. Like that's really cute. Uh mm -hmm. and then Loki comes to ruin her life, which is which is what he's doing. But also, you know, you have to save the world if you want to have a world. Uh, yeah. which he says 48 times in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does say that a lot. That's my big problem with episode three is there's a lot of just like circulating dialogue of like, we have to do this or this is going to happen. Well, there like, was also, I get it. Uh, part of it that got me also is that like when he gets to Sylvie and he says, the reason I'm here is because um, I saw you in the future. And I'm yes. like, you were looking for Sylvie before you had that vision in episode one. Like you were saying you needed to find Sylvie. That it was important that you find Sylvie. Sure, you need to know where she is. But now he and I'm he's... like, but now it's the, is this the only reason? This is no. what you're coming to the table. Well, with? it's not the only well, thing. But, 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 he... but like, point it, point pointedly, this is not a criticism on the writing of the show. This is criticism on the character. Um, uh, in in the sense of like, I'm praising the show. Um, Loki, Loki came at her with the wrong thing. Yeah, right. He gets too focused on that future vision now. Yeah. The reason initially he was looking for her is no longer the same reason. And if he'd come with the original one, I don't think the rebuffment would have happened. Oh yeah, but you need drama, right? No, no, no. That's yeah. the point. Is, yeah, this, yeah. is that it, this is a this is a Loki's fucking up as a character, and I think that's smart. Just yeah, yeah. Because like 
Loki got too distracted by the wrong thing. Absolutely. He had yeah. a different reason that he wanted to find her. And now, because that's what he reduces it to when he gets to her is like, I saw you in the future. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's not the way that he should have approached it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, that, that is a good point. And I do like, I do like that. Because uh, like... <laughs> He is there to save the world, but he's so transfixed on like, yo, I, you were in front of me when I died and like, you hate me. So like, we got to talk about this. Uh, uh, and I, and that's another one of those, uh, like back to the future time travel things that I love of like, you see someone in the future, like, I'm not going to do that. Are you crazy? Of course he's going to do that. We saw it happen. Like, I always love those, those loop arounds. I think those are fun. Oh, cause you know, like it's really not going to come up for any natural reason going forward. Just for fun. Who do you think, uh, pruned Loki end of episode one? Cause we're obviously going to find out at some point. I think it's Loki. Do you already know? No, it happened. Okay. No, no, gotcha. no. no, I would. I wouldn't. I know. I would yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's Mobius. I was just uh, about to say Mobius. Too. Or OB. I think it's. I think it's either. Uh, there are two candidates. I think. I don't think it's Loki. I think it's. I think it's either Mobius, uh, and him and Sylvia are looking for Loki in that moment, like the Loki of the, the past that they need. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to do this too. Or it's timely. Yeah, um, it could be timely. Mm. I think it might be one of like Timely's last. It, it could be one of like Timely's last good things he did. Is that you know he set this whole. Oh sure. Yeah, I can see that because he definitely. Yeah, like uh, do you want to do we want, do we have anything left to say on episode two? Oh no, let's talk about no. Yeah, we have to talk about the finale, the the big time war. I still I still wanted to touch on just like some of the Brad. I think Brad's um, uh, tear into Loki, uh, bringing up uh, the mom, like saying you're a villain. Oh, I think that stuff is all written really that's strong. That's so to make messed you, up. To make you dislike him, Absolutely. I think it's done really well. Brad, Brad's a real good shithole right from the start, um, especially with Mobius, where he's talking about the jet ski thing. The scene he asked him, he asked him about the jet skis in episode one, and then uh, Mobius starts to explain, and he's like, "Mobius, I don't care." And he's like, "Why'd you ask?" Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> he's a good shithead. Yeah. yeah, he's he's really great at it, and I think he he excels at like really giving it to Loki here, um, and then calling him out for the villain, and it, and I do think it like puts in puts in proximity like you know uh if loki had not truly grown this would have worked yeah um but but loki has grown as an individual um and this is not what he's about anymore i think he tom hiddleston does a very good job of the fake loki performance of what's this do what's this do oh oh really shrinking you there (laughs) yeah just tom hiddleston is so good and it's like it's not i i know he does other other movies and like smaller work but like I, I don't see a lot of those movies, unfortunately, uh, uh, just because I, I don't take the time to do it. But like, he's he's so good. Everyone on the show is such a class act, and they're so good. Uh, I just wish some of the material that they're working with was doing a little a better. Flanagan project coming up, right? Yeah, now. he is. Hell yeah. My Flanagan. Yeah, love uh, it. Hiddleston Hiddleston's a, an incredible tour de force, and and like part of the reason that the show still works is because you've got him anchoring such strong talent around him with Kihoi Kwan, Wumi Masaku, uh, Owen Wilson, and now. Um, Jonathan Majors as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's all really, really, really strong. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah p- performance-wise, I just think that's... <laughs> I think it's really cool. You need this weird contraption, this big, like, vacuum thing that makes that box appear. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. So Very, like, you know, like, a old aesthetic retro. Again, like, I, again yeah. like, the practicality of um, the TVA stuff just looks so good. Yeah. Um, um, the TVA set dressing, the design of it, it really, really works uh i i truly hope that at some point there's some good reason for one of the main movies to dip into the tva even for a moment just because i want to see it 
in one of the movies. I I know it would only look marginally better because yeah. like they put a lot of money into it. Here. But a, this is but a just big like, scale idea. But just like getting to explore a moment of the TVA in a movie, I think would be a ton of fun. Absolutely. Deadpool three. Um, Dude, I it has to because we know Mobius is in that movie. If the casting is not lying to us. Um, uh, but I but I really like that. I think that's really cool. I also brought up to Ryan like um, I really noticed. Um, and I appreciate uh, when you're looking out into the background city of the TVA, like in, in some of the like passerby shots, Ben, and you'll mm -hmm. see the background uh, stuff. I think it looks a lot aesthetically close to like what Kang built in Quantum Mania. Yeah. Which I think yeah. is really nice that they're keeping that kind of like Kang builds things a certain way uh, kind of aesthetic. And, and I like the symmetry. It's not exactly one to one but you're like mm, some of the structure and architecture yeah. is very similar to what was going on in the quantum mania you see that also with like timeline back in the in like, like what 1893 and it's like yeah. man like it's all it's, it's one cool. of those things it's one of those things where it's like it's just a small detail that makes it feel like yes this stuff is kind of consistent yeah. and and like building to an idea of the, of the world building rather than just like we designed something totally different. Yeah. And uh, the the production designer of Loki season two directed episode three. And you know, like how do you feel about like the the story stuff? I think that's that the episode is well well directed. Looks good. It looks very good. like you, again. It's just a set. <laughs> the shot composition is really good in yeah. episode three. Mm -hmm. um, let me let me take a quick glance at some of the uh, episode two stuff. Um, oh, it's uh, Loki. Tom Hiddleston again shouting out his performance. The it's harder to stay that he's trying to say as Sylvie leaves. Yes, is a really good delivery. Yeah, um, I think that works really well. Really makes uh, again like Loki feel like this full character, mm -hmm. um, which I think. Going back, I think season one struggled a bit with, at least I, I rubbed with it, about Loki. Like, I think he grew a little too fast. Um, and now I feel like there's more connective tissue of, like, what he's been through. These are things that are now, these are part of who he is, not him going through motion. Mm -hmm. Some of the ways that I felt he was in season one. Um, TVA. Big, 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 big battle. Big battle. Lots of, oh, lots yeah. of action. Yeah. Um, All the time on the uh, diet. Just the McDonald's bit where Mobius is like, tell me about Zaniac. Oh, uh, yeah. Scary. Is scary? <laughs> oh, Ben, I don't yeah. know if you've seen this, this this theory. I don't I don't think it's real, but you know that that uh that teenage kid Jack who she works with? Uh-huh. People think that's Mobius. I don't buy it just because like you know uh, not everything needs to be so one to one, but he's like nah. a young blonde kid, and people are like, "Oh, it's him!" I'm like, I don't, I just nah. want to throw it out there. Yeah, nah, I, I, I don't subscribe to that theory. That's I just thought Jack is just like you know someone Sylvie kid. works, yeah. just a kid that Sylvie works yeah. with. That's it. Not everything needs That's to be all. so tied together. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Nothing, not everything has to have a, a plot thread, or everything has to weave together. But like time yeah. Wing. I, yeah, whatever. Um, the the I do agree that the fight of the of the of Doc's pruning other branches could have been an episode in and of itself. Yeah, it was. It's supposed it to was, be like it, dramatic. Yeah, like it started, it ended very quickly. That's like my biggest gripe with episode two because yeah. we have all we have a lot of good character moments. We have a lot of good, um, essentially dialogue heavy scenes, and not a lot of action going on. But the dialogue is is a you're getting character growth. You're getting character development. Like the first interrogation scene where Brad is essentially reaming into Loki. And then you have the conversation with uh, the key, the, the pie scene. And then finally, when Loki, you know, the plan is enacted, all these great scenes showing Loki's progression. You see, you get a little bit more into Owen Wilson as uh, Mobius and it's all really, really good. All of a sudden random time war that's over in 10 minutes. Have fun guys. I I'm not a person who needs 
every detail of a timeline thing explained to me or timeline story stuff broken down. Yeah. I just need to have some semblance of like the emotional and practical character stuff works in the context of it. Yeah. And going back to the point I was making earlier about the Brad thing, um, Brad seems like he's supposed to have been in the mix for a while running on the timeline doing this. Like he slipped into this Brad, Brad Wolf life actor, all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and that, that means he came from a different time, the different timeline where Sylvie's hiding. Um, and in that same amount of time or less time, Docs has been setting up the bombs to blow these places, but like they haven't gone off yet. And this is one of those things where I'm like, Doc seems to be on a much smaller timetable, unless it takes a very, very, very long time for them to set up those bombs. Then Brad seems to have been on a very long one on his journey to find Sylvie and everything that happened. After. There's there's not enough set up <clears throat> in, in either of these episodes to to warrant how extreme we are at. That, what's happening in episode two feels like a finale thing happening. Right. And it happens. Mm -hmm. and, it kind of, and to be honest with you, it kind of it made me nervous because it felt like that at the end of episode one when we watched them all going through with the bags at the end. Like, yeah. What does this mean? Yeah. And like, I assumed all of that was to hunt Sylvie. And like, if the intention was that they were, yeah. and like all of them were looking through different timelines and they were hunting Sylvie and that was the thing they were doing for a long time. And then Doc said, fuck it. We're blowing up a bunch of the timelines. But it had been a process. Yeah, yeah. That needs to be. We said need to, to be the checking yeah. in. And say, oh, what's happening? This what is, is she the, doing? This is the thing. Is like yeah. I don't need to know every detail, but I do need to know like is Docs on a small timeline or a long timeline compared to Brad, who seems to be on a long timeline because they seem to be on two totally like Docs feels like she just picks up from the end of episode one. Yeah. Brad feels like he picks up a long time later on his own timeline. Yeah. So like that's really weird. That's just a little and the, confusing. And, and because we're dealing with like fake bullshit time travel, like this, you can make this all work. Like you can give these characters more time because it's not like it's real, right? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, that is my biggest problem I think of the season so far is is the end of episode two. Because it's like, and again, like B15 gives like a great like, oh my God, they're killing so many people. But like, it happens so fast, it's hard for me to care, really. You know? Also also a talented actor playing Docs, and I feel like oh, yeah, just that spooky. standoff moment at the end of episode two, like she's not given anything. Yeah. Not she has no presence. She's she's basically like with literally just, a, just a mask off another one of the other TVA people that are there. Yeah. Oh, didn't shout out. I did like the one moment from episode one where um the, the guy who pruned Mobius apologized. Oh said, yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, your orders were shitty. You shouldn't have done it if you felt bad about That's it. Right. Like, As he's walking out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was still cool to have it like acknowledged. Yeah. 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 Um, you want to go on episode three real quick? Real quick. Uh, you got any more notice? Uh, let me take a quick look. Take a gander at the PDA um, guide guidebook. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I love Womi Masaku. I think she really kills that like B fifteen delivery at the very end about looking at the, the yeah. destroyed timelines and everything. But I feel like that docs, the docs plotline. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Um, like the whole interrogating Brad and finding Sylvie, all that is kind of like an, an episode. And then like, oh shit, docs is going to blow up the timelines. Is it feels like a yeah. whole other setup of something. I will. That, I, that just doesn't pay off as well as yeah. It Again, I don't. I don't know all of it. Just like going off like the like next on episode. Like we are returning to docs, so like we are going to get some some comeuppance in some capacity. I don't know how, but like, uh, I'm glad. I'm not. I'm not happy with where she is now. But, but you didn't we, want to just be completely abandoned. I did not want to. Yeah. So thankfully, they're not doing that. I just think the structure of her of her in the season is a little wonky. Uh, yeah. Going to episode three. Uh, 
I, 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 I love this episode, but I don't love everything in it. I just love that we're in an old Western, like, you know, old, like, old, like it reminded me of the prestige. If you, I don't know if you guys seen the prestige where it's like crazy, cool magic and science happening in the 1800s. Like, I just like that aesthetic. I think it's cool. I love that you keep saying Western for Chicago. <laughs> But it is. You know what? I, you're it's right. The period that it is. The no, same, you're right. You're you right. Listen, are there any cowboy hats? Are there? Is there a single cowboy hat? If there is, nope. But there's a okay. lot of top hats. Okay. There's yeah, a lot okay, of top so hats. Okay, so sorry. It's 18 Chicago. It's, it's not just, Western. It's, like it's late. Really, John Wayne isn't there. Yeah, like late 1800s Chicago. Like yeah, the World's Fair, 1880, 1890, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, old timey people. Yeah, but I, I really, I really like it. Um. People are divided on the timely performance. Uh, I I get it. I like it. I because I I'm as a fan of silly silly performances. If I wanted to, if I wanted to be really like nitpicky on it, um, you don't have I've been to think about it for a bit. Not in not in like a um uh trying to figure out like why it is the way it is. I think like Jonathan Majors like personal stuff we're putting aside yeah, yeah. to talk about this. Um, as a performer, really tries to he tends to try to get into the minutia of, a, of different things. It's one of the reasons he was excited about, he said he was excited about doing all the different variants of King. Mm -hmm. um, if you are a black man at this point in time, and you are intelligent and you're trying to make your own way, um, even if you are in Chicago where you would have potentially been a free man your whole life. Yeah. Um, there's a lack of confidence that comes with that. And I think like the interpretation of a stutter mm -hmm. is less is is less a uh, like jokey comical decision and more of a a conveyance of a life lived of being afraid to speak yeah and i think that's the intent yeah i won't say the performance always works to that idea but i do think it's the intent of like a very smart black man who has to be nervous about every time he tries to, to you, own did you something in listen the to the ringer by a chance on this one yet uh the oh. ringer yes yes okay so they bring up uh uh that yeah um at the beginning of the episode when he's doing his big performance he's mm -hmm. like putting on like he's putting on like like a show mm -hmm. uh like he's a con man but like he he is hiding his stuttering with being theatrical like you know he's he's very much like almost like really i, I describe him as like drunk william shatner like he's very theatrical mm -hmm. in yeah. the way he talks Right. But then when yeah. you get to just him and the other people, his stutter comes out and he's just a regular person. Right. And mm -hmm. he is masking that by being this performer, which again goes into like, I have to present myself in front of all these whiteies. So they pay. So they actually like think about what I'm saying. For, for what amount a Marvel show would allow them to contemplate race, which is on paper, not at all. Yes. Um, in the context of the show, I think Jonathan Majors is trying to Absolutely. incorporate something into the character that would be emblematic of how a black man lived at that point. Now, I understand people not liking how kooky and weird he is. Like, that's fine. That's just a performance. Like, it, you like it or you don't. I like it. Because again, I think it's, you know, it's trying to do something different. Like, clearly this is not the different. This I think is it's distinct. different. It's very distinct than any other Kang that we've seen at this point. We've seen yeah. three at this point, technically. So right. like, or a thousand if you want to be weird about it. Yeah. Um, but I I really enjoy this whole like again like prestige of like yo it's it's new it's new science in an old time and like here's here's the original loom and like all that stuff is really cool. Turns out uh, it's all he's a con man. None of the stuff works because he is so far ahead of technology. Nothing works, and because he was given the TVA book, I think that's an mm -hmm. awesome idea. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that that Miss Minutes has like this like foolproof plan of like all right so if, if he who remains dies this is what we do we go back in time and we make them from the beginning before any of the stuff happens again that's a cool back to the future cyclical like i really well, and it's his plan and it's his plan yes yeah. and i really like that idea uh, i think it's really cool miss minutes is so gross in this episode i love it 
-hmm. I love it. She's so scary. She's like a like a sexy Hal Nine Thousand. Uh, it's really which, weird. Which I think begs a question of: Do you think, just for fun, do you yeah. think Timely is always the man at the end, or do you think he's just chosen by this one to be that one? Like he just thought he would be the best candidate for it, or do you think he is in fact him? Well, here's the thing. Again, I think it has to be him because we're on the sacred timeline. We're not on a branching timeline. No, it's so just branched. When they um, go, to the, when they go to the World's Fair in eighteen ninety whatever, like when yeah. Loki and, or, and um, Mobius go, it clearly says branched timeline. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, does it? When they hand, when they give him the book, it becomes a branch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for catching that, Ben. Okay, so then, then, then they just found the best possible candidate. Yeah. What what king variant in all of history will become the he who remains? Well, I mean, like, yeah. and how is the system even reading it now that all the kings are possible again? Like, yeah. Who knows? Like, is because the sacred timeline was about. As as he said it at the end of season one, the sacred timeline was uh, was about uh, keeping the other kings out, but yes. also the structure of who gets to him at the end. Yes, uh, yeah, not yeah. so much about his own past. That's so, right. So that's why I'm like, is this him? Does he become him? It's not him. It's the best possible version. Best that, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thank you for thank him. you for remembering that branch thing, man. Because I that that slipped my mind. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like wow. There's a million different versions. Uh, but but again, this is he who remains his plan. So like he probably. All right, so if all this goes to shit, I know which timeline that I pruned before. This is the one. Uh, which or is, something. It, it, and I think that's only interesting because, like, um, it becomes about altruism more than about personal survival, mm. right? If it's not him, specifically, if it's not his own past... Then it's an evil king who will destroy stuff or whatever. No, 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 but if it's not his own past... Yeah. He cares more about stopping the other kings than he does about ensuring his own uh inevitable thing. resurrection yeah yeah as the man at the end well i mean uh, to loki again he's right right like this like but it, that's, that's the thing is like when you're looking fun. at it at the end of season one like it's a performance possibly yeah rather than like it, true investment in in this like there, there's an amount of him where he's like it's gonna be kind of crazy if you do it yeah. wow like yeah, i don't yeah. even know what'll happen but he actually um, yeah but if he actually believes like the kings are too dangerous I will pick a different Kang who I believe will act as I would. Yeah. That speaks to a grander sense of like, I care more about the preservation of, of life and universes than I do about my personal yeah. circle. I absolutely love this. I think it's awesome. Cause again, it's like he who remains is technically a villain because he's breaking, he's destroying every timeline of Angelable, but he's also sa saving all of them in a way because he knows who he is and he sucks. <laughs> I think that's yeah. awesome. I think that's, that's why yeah. Kang, has the potential to be incredibly cool going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, we've only seen him in an Ant Man movie where he gets his ass kicked by ants. So like we'll like we'll see how powerful like they make him. Uh, but I like the idea so much because like we know from the comics and even from again the end of Quantum Mania, like a lot of Kings is scary. That's really scary. Like a Council of Kings is awful. We do not want that. Um, but now it gets to exist. So like how far they will lean into that is going to be really interesting. Right. Uh, yeah. I think the timely stuff is like really fun. I'm excited to see how long he's in the season for like does he become one of our heroes like because like there are good versions of king you know iron lad and like and like all the stuff stuff so like it's very interesting i like the direction that's going i had problems with this episode too and it's mostly with some of the middle stuff with the dialogue between sylvie and loki and just the repetition mm. it just feels like there's like 20 minutes of them just like mm. we gotta save them but we got but i want to save them but we gotta kill them and it's like we've been here we've been here already. Uh, you know what let's stay on the sylvie thing because like i have a lot of problems with sylvie in this episode one yeah. of them is that i don't understand how she gets there um like how she knows they're there what they're doing uh like 
Okay. She just does. Does she does she have a temp? She has a temp pad. Yeah, she does. How does she know that's what they're doing? Yeah. How does she know that that's where they are? How does she know that this happened? Mm -hmm. That that's why and like that that's where she should go because they unless this is something that like in the future, like in a future episode something happens but the time slipping's done so I don't know. yeah it's it's weird that sylvie uh does it and yeah. the, the the bigger problem i have is that sylvie i don't feel like sylvie as a character should have had to go through the motions of almost killing timely for timely to say like i make my own choices for her to already know that was true yeah part of my problem with it is that she comes after this guy um because she believes he can be the same person who controlled the timelines. And I'm like, you can't champion that free will and choice is the thing you believe you have given everyone and fight for and then say, but not when it applies to him. And like, it, it just rubs me the wrong. It, it feels too reductive for Sylvie. I understand being like upset at the person and everything, but the way she charges at timely, I'm just like, this is, this is literally the polar opposite sure. of the thing that you're saying is possible now you yeah. are you are condemning him you're saying his fate is set to become this person yeah and that's literally the thing that you said you've made not happen anymore but like i agree but i also think that that scene is really good because she is like this is consuming me i will i'm not going to kill you and she doesn't kill him so like i think it took too long to get there but i think that is the strongest i think that's the strongest scene of the episode with them because otherwise oh, no i think it's a strong i yeah. think it's a strongly performed scene yeah I just, on a character basis, don't think it should have had to happen for Sylvie to know that that was the call. Sure, I agree. I, I'll agree, but but like disagree. And like, I I think she had to have that moment with Timely. She needed to be confronted with him. I just think it, we didn't need the twenty minutes of back and forth. But I think there was a it. different way to go about it. Like yeah. like if she gets looped in after they've done all this, and there's another reason that she ends up back in the story, and she's at the TV and she counters Timely. Yeah. And in that moment, has a conversation, and she acknowledges like free will is the thing that she's fighting for. So she has to believe in it for him too. Mm -hmm. That's a way more online, I think character choice for her than like, she's going on the hunt for like, I felt it was just to make her oppositional. No, um, that's in this episode. That's it, like, yeah. And like in a plot way, that's what it serves. And in a character way, I'm like, I don't think this makes sense for the Sylvie that we were supposed to be building from the end of the first season. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think that this was the thing that was needed. I think there was a better way to have gone about the same concept of when she faces timely, which would have happened at some point in the season. Sure. Having her being like, uh, if I believe in free will, then I have to acknowledge free will exists for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, Ravona and timely get together. Uh, I, I cannot, Tell you how much I love the the rivalry between Ravona and, a, and an AI clock lady trying to get Timely's attention. Sorry, real quick, <laughs> just because like my brain was still processing yeah. through it. it, and it is one of those things where like when she is fighting Loki and he's holding him up, it is one of those things where that goes on for too long yes. of her being opposed to Loki, and Loki's fighting for the thing that she says she wants, which is like she's like he's he's literally saying like he's not that one. Yeah, he's not he's not him. He's not him yet. Mm -hmm. And that should be all it takes. So like her pushing through all that is the thing where I'm like, this is just to like make her and Loki like go like that. No, I and agree. I, just... I, I, I'm perfectly happy with the final confrontation. It's the, it's the it's, middle, it's, it's the middle, middle act where it's just like, it's just repeating and repeating, repeating. Like we like, you are hundred percent right. Yeah. If like, I wish if she had yeah. shown up at the end and she's the person who knocked Ravona aside. Yes. And she puts the blade to timely. And that's the first time she's shown up yes. at the very end. Yes. And she's like, because he could be too dangerous. And Loki's like, 
but and and she won't hear it from him and timely says i make my own choices and yeah, yeah. she's like okay holy shit i was totally right. happy that with, would be different. Uh, with with i would have been totally happy if the episode was just loki and mobius trying to get timely and also all of the 1800 douchebags trying to get loki right because all that stuff's really fun Very i fun. love yeah. i love the chase throughout the the, the, the the western city of chicago <laughs> i think it's really great <laughs> that one belongs to us you rat bags yeah <laughs> you can have it oh <laughs> just just magic some back he's like never mind take them uh, Kindly made mechanical trousers for a man that's supposed to make him taller. So what he does is he goes up to the guy and he shrinks. He's like, but sir, it did work. And he just, he just shrinks himself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. That's, really uh, that's really or, funny. Or even like earlier when they're like going, if they're like walking through the world's fair, like Mobius is like, Hey, we got to go. Like Mobius is like checking everything out. He's like, are we sightseeing? Mobius is like, no, no, we're not sightseeing. We're just going. What, they get, they get like kettle corn or something. Yeah, They got popcorn. And he's and like, they, did we need to do this? Like, did we need to? No, but it tastes great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just wanted just, to explore the fair. He just wanted to go to the fair, yeah. And I he really just, like the little scene the... in front of uh of that Norse hall where you see Odin, yes. Thor, and Balder. Balder. And, yeah, that's the same thing I was Loki, gonna bring up. And Loki's just like, Balder's not that. Tall. I forget you're one of those guys. Crazy. <laughs> Mobius is like, sure, everybody knows him. Balder the Brave. Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy who was cut from Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, oh man. I I really like that. I like Loki. Like uh, in both Mobius giving the moment. And he's like, "You're one of them." That's so crazy to me. Um, You're just like and a then, guy. And then Loki, like, kind of having a moment of looking at them and and the music playing and and just giving him that moment of like that life lived and what he thinks of it. Because there's also like we know he's doing all these good things, but like he's living a life partial of partial regret because he he is not reconnecting with his dad or his, his like he knows that that happened to another version yeah. of him but he has not done it he has no. not had the good moment with his brother the good moment with his father oh this is he has not done those things. oh my god this is similar to that mobius moment of like mobius is like you know i don't want to see a life that was better like loki got to see a life where his life got better right uh, yeah. and like now now that is his mission of like yo that can never happen to me but I can still try to make my life better. Well, and like, mm -hmm. and also, in, in a, I think it's really smart that they don't like make it a dialogue moment. But like, there's an implication of like because Baldur's there, like why isn't Loki there? Yeah, and for Loki to have to think about that, like yep, why yep. am I not there? It's because because you're not, an asshole. <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not the brother I should have been. I'm not the son I should have been. Yeah, or mm -hmm. I, that I wanted to be. Odin's son. And I think all that is really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna say, I don't think Miss Minutes as a character works for me. I just, I just don't. You don't I really like, you to, don't like her. You know, I, really Sally, tried to, Sally. I really tried to like think about this since I saw episode three, and I just, I don't think she works for me as a character. I think as a representational AI inside the TVA in season one, as she was, yeah, it really worked for me as a functional character on the field. I'm not, I'm not jiving with it. Sure. Um, I, I don't. I don't entirely know why it's just not 100% working. For That's me. fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think it, yeah. I just think it's really fun. Uh, like I just, the idea of this AI who spent a millennia with this man falls in love with him mm. and he wants nothing to do with her. Cause he doesn't like partnership, which is a, which I like, which it seems to be like consistent for all, all the Kang variants is like, I don't want a partner. Even if you're like a nice guy inventor, man, uh, he'll drop you off the side which of the Which makes boat. me wonder because you know, like, the one the 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 he who remains has to be different on some level um did he deeply love renslayer you know was I that think, real was that real for him that's another thing where like that's a difference yeah right that's a contrast yeah, for yeah. him um and and that like none of the other kings are going to feel that way and like <laughs> that's going to be your barometer is like who falls in love with renslayer is the good one <laughs> yeah 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 uh uh ben how do you feel about miss minutes uh <laughs> honest, honestly 
I I don't know why, but the whole AI thinking, oh, I could be your girl. It's like the AI who falls in love with their creator and wants to become mm-hmm. human so she can be with them. It's like, I don't know why. I'm just like, no, oh, we're going that route again. I mean, I know in the in case of the Marvel and Marvel Universe, this is like the first time. I just don't know why. I, I it didn't jive well with me. I was just yeah. like, I, I I didn't like it. I did not enjoy it at all. Like even early on when um, they're on the boat and you can see Miss Minutes obviously disgusted at Ramona at uh, Ramona Ravona like talking to um, Timely and Timely's obviously thinking, oh hey, this is a cute girl is pay- paying attention to me. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Minutes is all just like scoffing and like, excuse me, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, when she when she superimposes her face on that mannequin was terrifying. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why I love it. <laughs> um, I I'll agree. She's not much of a character. I just think it's it's a it's a fun idea. Yeah. yeah, I I think I think my problem with her being in the field is I think she's taking away from the 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 I, I forget her name right now, but the actor playing Renslayer. Sure. And I think she's taking away from that character. And I think that's part of my problem. And and what I was getting to earlier about like how much Renslayer seemed to know. I arguably think there's a better version of this episode where Renslayer's there of her own purpose and motivations, not um things that were being told through Miss Minutes, yeah. but things that she has been told and she is informed on and she's there doing her thing, making her choices, being involved directly and having her moments with Timely that are not half given to Miss Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think that it's a disservice to the actor and I think it's a disservice to the character that I'd been waiting for Renslayer to show up again since the first season. Yeah. And when we get here, I feel like part of her time is taken by Miss Minutes who I'm like functionally like, <clears throat> just I just don't see on the same level as character interaction as the rest of them. But here she is taking up a seat at the table and, yeah. and time in the room. And I wish that Renslayer had more of that. I wish Renslayer had more presence. I wish I connected more with her motivations, what she's doing, why she's doing it. I wish her and Timely actually had those moments to be like, is this blossoming romance? Is this what's happening here? I wish it was more about those two crackling with each other. The same way that we gave time for Loki and Mobius, I wish those two were given time. And here's the problem. I 100% agree with you. The problem is, is that uh, just going off of just this episode and and what we've seen in season one, Ravona is kind of a plot device because we know she used to be a teacher that was kidnapped and she's had her mind wiped a thousand times. So she can't have that much agency because she's not because she's kind of a plot device for Kang in this. Because, like, we are going... Next episode is, like... I, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen it, but, like... But it's... But it's we, we are going to see what happened to Ravona because Miss Minutes knows. But it's time stuff. And, like, we could be picking up with a Renslayer who has gotten more information or... Or that's, whatever Yeah, she's but done. that's, like... Because, like, like the you could thing. have the implication of, like, the things that... When, again, when, like, Loki listened to the thing, it's... It's uh, been assumed by most people that that was Renslayer it is. who had listened to it. Oh, um, oh, sure. But now that doesn't totally seem as connected because Renslayer doesn't seem to be as fully aware of what she doesn't know and something like that. I didn't assume it was Renslayer who listened. A lot of people, a lot of people were, I was assuming it. I was assuming that Renslayer went back and listened to that tape and that's, that's why she heard that she was involved in that, mm-hmm. in that way with him. I assume and I think, it's got her But involved. I think that there's, there's a way you can structure a character who has gotten a certain amount of information up to this point. Red yeah. Slayer can have grown from when we last saw her and have that agency and have that moment. And I think Miss Minutes robs her from having those opportunities. I agree with that. one reason that the character doesn't work for me as, as being like present. That's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, my, the one thing I wanted to say about or one thing I wanted to talk about is actually, I, I don't want to praise him so much because apparently he might be a very horrible person, but Jonathan You know, separate art from the artist. We're talking about just, yeah. just a guy. Yeah. A show. Majors brought it. 
I yeah. loved his performance as yeah. Victor Timely in this episode. Um, I get why people like may not like it. The way I it's see it, it's it's a choice, but he's a variant. It's not the king we know. He could become the king we know, but at this moment in time, he is Victor Timely, who is a guy who's a no pun intended, way ahead of his time. And he is trying his best, but he just can't. It's it's like the Howard Stark scene in Iron Man 2. It was like, I'm limited by the technology of my time. Um, But I really thought he... I thought Jonathan Majors was amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I liked... I, the choices vibed with me. It was... Yes, they were choices, but it, it worked. To me, the 100% worked. And even his theatrical performance and his stuttering when he's trying to... When the people talk to him, when he's conning the um, the robber baron as the subtitles have him called. It, it. I thought... I just thought it was great. I really just... I thought he was quite awesome in this in this, and I'm looking forward to more of him in future episodes as Victor Timely. Yeah, and 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 we know like Marvel's probably not going to get rid of him at, at this point, right? But like the fact that like we not know that now there's a counter yes suit and everything. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. not gross, whatever. But like if he's going to be in in the MCU for you know as our new Thanos, like I want him to dedicate. Uh, giving every king a different performance like he is that he, like he has so far again like at the end of quantum mania he's like five different kings in one room and they're all <laughs> like one of the reasons to be excited about him yeah playing the part. like we know he's gonna bring it no matter what because like he's really he's a really talented dude despite you know maybe being an asshole uh but like i agree i really like the timing performance it's like it's really eccentric and quirky i'm i am excited to see like they're about to bring a man from the 1800s into the tva he's gonna lose his mind will that turn him into a villain will that turn him into a hero like it's so i'm so fascinated like by by bringing a king on board this quickly, like I didn't think it would be this quickly. And again, like I don't know, like if he's in the season or the rest of the MCU or whatever. But like, it's really cool that we're yeah, here I, with this. I, I, sorry, really quick, Sparks. Yeah, I will say, bringing him in at this point in the in the season is smart. I really liked it because yeah. obviously at the end of Quantumania, we get that little we get that little teaser of Loki season two. That was the end credit scene where they're at right. this, where they're at the show where they're at the the, the temporal time performance and they see him and Loki's like, that's him. He is mm-hmm. freaking terrifying. And the fact that they, he comes in later instead of the very beginning of the season, it works because it's like, Hey, we have all this other fall to deal with. And then we go, it's kind of like a mid season. I don't want to say finale, obviously, but it's another, it's a, the big mid season extra wrinkle. It's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, beginning of the season, we have this problem middle of the season oh shit we have an even bigger problem that still yeah. screws with the first problem and now we have a whole bunch of other crap to deal with later on bringing yeah, it I don't timely know. sets i think it sets up the season the rest of the season very well just don't muck it up yeah i i agree with you about him like setting up the back half of the season i do think like the season would have been, been served better by being like andor style split up right so mm, first three right, episodes right. are about the aftermath of, of what happened at the end of season one and thus Doc's going on her own mission to hunt down Sylvie and destroy the timelines. Yeah. And then episodes four through six, fixing the timeline. timely fixing the loom, yeah. that kind of thing. And I think because like I hear you and I think if this episode were moved and that other stuff was given, like it's time to breathe. And it's like, we did this bubble now do this bubble. I, I would probably agree with you more about okay. like, oh, he came in at the right time and that kind of thing. Right. Because I agree with you, like, this sets up a good, like, this is what the rest of the season is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 
I'm glad that like docs will still be on the table and that kind of stuff as you alluded to earlier, but like I don't want it to get like trying to do both. And that's what I I wish there was more of a yeah. here here's an arc and here's an arc in the yeah. larger arc of what we're doing in season two. Here is the here is the fix the fix the docs problem, like wh who's running the TVA, who's making decisions. Okay, solve that problem. Okay, temporal loom, Victor Timely, let's do that next. Yeah. And I wish those things were cleaner. And I think this is another problem of like this had to be six episodes. They couldn't make it eight, which like like I think like this this season specifically could have sure. really used another episode. Again, we talked about but it. But it's hard for us to say until we see the rest of them and, yeah. and where we could maybe have seen some things move around. Yeah. Um but yeah, that, that's where I'm sitting like right now is I, I really want to agree with your point. I just wish this slid down one episode. Yeah. And I and I would agree. Like I think like Andor's a really good template of like obviously it's a great show, but like it's a really good template of this idea for I think all the Disney Plus shows, even if they're going to do many six arcs. episode structures, many should be doing about three episode arcs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depending on what the show is. Or do, and two, like, two, if you two. do that. Yeah. Or two, two, two. But like do your little arcs and that kind of thing. Well, there was another Disney Plus show that did a good two, two, two. Um, mm. But I don't remember what it was. It was, I think, one of the Marvel ones. Um, anyway, uh, Moon Knight. Is that what it was? No. No. Definitely not. Okay. It wasn't Miss um, Marvel, was it? No, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. No, it was it was Moon. Was Knight. it Moon Knight? It was Moon Knight. Moon was Knight it? was the one where he said, like, I looked at it as uh, uh, three mm -hmm. two episode arcs, and it kind of was because the first one is like the the him uh, uh, figuring everything out, and by the end, like he's he's faced with like the Conchu stuff, and then the the second arc was like him coming face to face with Ethan Hawke and like mastering the Moon Knight ability and all mm, that kind of stuff. And then okay. the third arc was like the the uh, ultimate like you know build up to the finale and all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. But, like sure. it was it was that was the one where they were trying to design it that way and like I don't know if it totally worked. Yeah, but I uh, but I do think it's possible. And no, yeah, yeah, it's, it's viable to think of those things that way rather Absolutely. than trying to do like I think. Uh, I think limited series can work. Yeah. Um, but you got to like really have your grasp on the, what you're doing across all six and like why they work together. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and how that functions, uh, not to bring it up again too hard, but like, uh, the Jodie Whittaker's last season of Dr. Who, um, is a six part limited series that they did coming out of the pandemic. It's all one narrative, but each episode kind of stands as its individual chapter of what's building in that narrative. Damn, like a TV so they show. Really, so they really stand out, but like it's all serving the grander purpose at yeah. the same time. Um, and so I think that that kind of design can work. Uh, but but here, I do kind of wish they they pulled the page from Andor and they did the three and three. Word. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, I agree with your point, Ben. I think it's a really good setup for the back half of the season. Um, I'm just concerned that like we still have stuff from the first half of the season we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is that is uh, the thing I'm kind of like the most worried about is like we like I, I have a feeling they're not really gonna do any more like King stuff, which was kind of the whole setup of season one at the end. But like again, like you you kind of you can't fight Kang if there's no universe that's there. So you have to save the universe. That's but a, like that's I think that's a good question to ask is is do you guys think this is the last season of Loki? Because I don't. I hope we get one more. I think we get one more. I think with, we get with three. how far they keep pushing those Avengers movies. I think we'll get one more. Yeah, I think yeah. we get. Yeah. I think we get three seasons before before King Dynasty. And I'll be honest with you, this is also something I kind of wanted to ask. Pick your brains about. It's a little early because like we're we're midway through this season. But um, do you guys want a Loki show past King? I think I think it could be dealing with the aftermath. Yeah, because I I think you could have a TVA show that's now like what is the TVA, 
and what can the team oh my God. do without Kang? Because my comic brain just went to the Exiles, which are a team of superheroes who protect the multiverse from problems. They TVA, not become Exiles, but again, going from that offensive force to a defensive force, they like help protect timelines instead of destroy them. So like, instead of it being, you know, uh, Kang uh, reactionary, they can be post that going, all right, now that we're here and we're safe, let's save everyone that we can in case, you know, when threats pop Well, because like all the Kang stuff will always be It could be just eternal. be Doctor Who. Well, they, like, yes. It could just be Doctor Who. This is what I was getting to. I, I kind of want just Marvel Doctor Who yes. with Loki. It kind of feels like Obi it already. And no, 100%. <laughs> They'd be silly not to do that. Loki could honestly be the longest running show because they're dealing with timey-wimey bullshit. Uh, it's just like, can they afford that? Well, because I, I and I was also thinking like you can do all kinds of things to be like still Kang reactionary in the sense that like Kang will always be and Kang will always be eternal even after we deal with Kang and Kang Dynasty. And though you might not have Jonathan Majors always coming back and playing Kang, Very whatever nice. you're gonna do, you can still be in constant like we're managing the timeline because Kang can always come back. Yeah, and like that can always be like in the background, but you can do other time adventure stuff in the mix of it. Honestly, all Loki could be the good what if show. Because you just go to another timeline and you just have whatever hero you want. Oh, he's a villain now. He's trying to destroy the universe. So like whatever it is, just Doctor Who shit. Like yeah. it could, it, that opened my mind of like, oh man, they really could do a lot with Loki. Uh, but I, I'm very much, oof. I'm very much in that mindset where like, I kind of want Loki to, to, to go past the Kang stuff even. Um, but I, but I a hundred percent believe we have one, at least one more season. That's such a uh, fun, that'd be so fun. Yeah. I, the more you talk about Sparks, the more I'm actually on board for a season three of Loki. Not to say that I was ever against a season three of Loki. I just didn't know. I mean, I don't. I think we're still too early in season two for me to start thinking about a season three. But I like where you're going with it. Yeah, I I really want a season three that uh, functionally, I prefer a season three. I really hope they do the work and they can time this out. And you know, we're far enough ahead that 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 it can happen. I want a season three of Loki that spills directly into King Dynasty. Yeah, I, I want the the connective tissue. I want the thing where it's like, and whoa, here we go. <laughs> like, let's do our somersault. Here we are, Avengers. <laughs> like, you know, I kind of want that. Not to say that every character has to carry over. I just no, no, want. No. I just want the thing that happens in Loki to be the thing that leads directly into what happens in the event. We want the Winter Soldier. I want the things to, to like go together and and yeah. feel logical. We, we talked connect. about it. I don't remember where we talked about it last, but like we want that synergy, that good synergy between shows and movies. It was uh, it was on our uh, a fake nerd podcast episode that uh, because of the strike that came out a while ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought we were talking about the aftermath of the writers' contracts and and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But yes, uh, like I want that. I want that feeling of like that that binding connective tissue. And Loki is the one who's most primed for it in terms of like the Kang stuff. And I agree with you because like, I don't want the back half of the season to just throw a bunch of Kang shit at me. Yeah. I kind of want it to stay with timely. And then maybe just like a little bit more of the like, Hey, Kang's building up, but it's important to remember that this is outside of time and this is immediately following the first season. So like all kinds of other shit, like quantum mania is popping off, but quantum mania is popping off because of what happened in season one. Yeah. That was a while ago for them. Yeah. So like, I, I want it to feel like that. Um, and I don't want them to rush a bunch of Kang shit into the back half of the season. You I kind think... of want us to just only be dealing with Timely, the Temporal yeah. Loom, the Doc situation, Renslayer, Miss Minutes. I don't really want to throw too much more at the wall for that one. And yeah. you can still leave Kang as like something that's coming, something that's approaching, like like the, the many variants are like, oh, yeah. shit. oh shit, uh, like they fix the timelines. Uh-oh, the timelines are all uh, turning into Kang timelines. There's a guy ruling all of them. Oh shit, it's Kang. It's Kang everywhere. It's him. He's everywhere. Oh no. And that'd be like the end of the season. It's like, oh shit, what are we going to do? 
yeah, yeah. that's do we go and we try and stop every single one of them in each timeline do we just try and protect what who do we save see that and that's see that sounds so incredibly fun but then you get into the problem of like if you'd make if you fought, if you have a bunch of kings in the next season then like how big of a threat does he really feel like it for the movies if loki is a tv show that deals with, and again that's not a problem but for I think me this, but i think this is more the thing of like because i do think they'd have to i don't have the answer to that question directly right now um but this is something that the, they would have to figure out, yeah. right? Because, like, that would be the question to ask as the TVA is, like, he's everywhere now. He's on all the timelines, and he's got most of them. What What do we do? Yeah. Uh, because you're not going to go and, like, fight every Kang. No. That's not how it's going to work. No, so, like, no. what is it going to be? And, like, will it just be, like, the Kang who comes to the TVA? Yeah. Is it the Kang who established the TVA? Maybe they're only dealing with that Kang trying to right that ship. Maybe they go back to the beginning. They think they can maybe, like, they think if they can get ahead of it. Yeah. Rather than starting from the end, they want to start from the beginning. This is one of those, like, we were talking about earlier, Ben, of, like, trying to quantify how big these mm -hmm. things are. Like, mm -hmm. in Loki, like, can't, like, oh my god, there's a thousand timelines and King rules all of them. You have to, like, show that for it to have, like, to feel real. To yeah. feel, like, like it's scary. And I just don't know... I mean, it's not like Loki has enough, like, I, I praised I think, it earlier. But I think there's but, ways to do that where, like, they can be trying to get into every timeline and as they're there, like they don't even have to encounter Kang himself. Yeah. But it's like, it's Kang shit. It's Kang shit. Yeah. It's Kang shit. It's Kang shit. And they're like, shit, where do we even go now? What's left? Yeah. What timeline is left? Oh shit. It's the MCU. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can really like work that down, yeah. work that down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and make it feel like that's the, that's kind of the thing I think I really want is like, as we're getting to King Dynasty, I want it to feel like from the perspective of the TVA and from Loki, uh, all the other timelines have been conquered down. We're boiling down. We're boiling down. Oh shit! It's the MCU. It's timeline. It's, it's the Doctor Strange. This Fourteen is the, million this is and the one. Last place we could go to try and stop him. It's this timeline again. Yeah, I love it. That's actually that is a good idea. Yeah, because that makes you feel like the weight of it is like they've turned to every corner. There's nothing else they can do. This is the last stand. And I feel like there's a way to execute on X Men the last. But I want that to be a next season. I don't want to, that to be a this season thing. That's right. too much for this I, season already. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have to worry about that just because we only have three episodes. Like exactly, that. exactly. And so I'm hoping that's why I'm like, yeah. I hope that they're not trying to cram too much of that king stuff. I think like the purpose of the show to like build up that king kind of stuff is really, really good. Yeah, and I think they can really deliver on it, especially now knowing like. Well, we're gonna have a strong showrunner. We're gonna have a writers' oh. room on the next one. And so like, there's a lot oh. of things they can bring yes. to the table. I got two questions. Um, yeah. One, do you think the events of Quantumania are even referenced at all in the season? Mm. Not that they, like, the TVA would know if this, ha if, like, I mean, would they in the quantum realm? Like, I, I don't even know. I didn't think about it that hard before I asked a question, to be honest. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm now that I think about it, I'm going to say no, because I don't think they would know. Because it's <laughs> yeah, a, I, it, well, they wouldn't know about him in the quantum realm, I think. Yeah. They would know about him the king before he got there who what, killed a bunch of avengers and all that stuff which is why i do think like where we're i do think what's going to happen at the end of the season is that oh the timelines are stable now oh shit that timeline's ruled by king so oh, shit, that timeline's ruled by king like so that my, kind of my second out. question is because the way season one ends and there's a king, king to conqueror statue will we see will we see that king in this season like that king who runs the tva i would say will maybe. he show up in the season well, because that, that's the past of He Who Remains, right? Mm. That's what they've said now. Yeah, They did the retcon, so that's his past. Oh, that's when right. When he conquered oh, things, when he started. That's so right. That's, that's never mind. That would be that. I'm already thinking about However, However, what I will say 
is they could do something really cool and it might not be fit in this season. I don't know that I necessarily, but like, like again, let's go with that. They're going to try and alter what they can do with Kang. They're going to try and stop Kang. Uh, one of the ways they try and stop him is they, they kick him out of the timeline. Where does he end up? Oh, he ended up in the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. They might be the reason he's in quantum mania. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Because he was already like conquering the universe, they attempt something, they find out later. Well, that didn't really work. That'd be a good, that'd be the red con I'm okay with. That'd be good. I'm into that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Sometimes. I think there's I think there's ways, and yeah. I'm really excited about it because like we know we're gonna have more writers looking at it and at the table, and I think there's a lot of ideas you can do mm-hmm. that's gonna deliver on it. Um so I'm hoping the back half of the season really delivers on timely, really delivers on um Renslayer. Those are really the characters I feel are, are like obviously Loki, Mobius, Sylvie, all yeah. that stuff. But like the character arc stuff, the information about characters I feel like I need to see happen is really timely in Renslayer. I, have a I need to have a better grasp yeah. on Renslayer. I have a when feeling this we will. Over. I, I have a feeling that's what it feels like the next episode or two are going to be like. I really hope so. Yeah. I really need to feel like she's a character who stands on her own and and has her very clear like what she's doing because of her mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Because yeah. even as she was giving that speech to Sylvia about like, I'm after order. And I'm like, is that really what you're after? It's like, like, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like that's the context of what you've been chasing. Yeah. Um. So I need that to kind of align itself. I do get to, I agree with you. I have a, I do have the, she's not much of a character, but I do have the feeling that she is someone who like, like she is a someone who like, it's, she's chaotic. It's, it's a chaotic good. That's the thing, right? You'd like, yeah, to do okay, anything. Yeah. she's chaotic good. Like I am for I am for order no matter what I have to do and like that kind of lines up with season one but I agree it's 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 shallow it's shallow I need I a little need, more I depth. need her to, I need her to be more than that no I agree yeah 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 mm-hmm. um the opening of episode three has the really fun Marvel Studios which I thought was really cute the production the production design on this episode is in particular really really good again the production designer directed the episode. I caught on uh, that ragtime piano playing the Marvel theme. I was like, hey, do you hear? I told my fiance, I was like, hey, do you hear that? Like, that's the Marvel Studios theme through ragtime piano. I thought that was really cool. Ragtime gal. What you got in your notes, Sparkles? I think we've covered almost all of them. Hell so yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything else in particular. I have. Cover. I think I think Loki and Mobius are particularly fun when they have their moments in this episode. They're on a tandem oh, bike. Oh, I really, really love, I really love Timely when Renslayer is like explaining what she wants him to do. And she's like, I want you to go back to the TVA so you can fix the temporal loom. And he's like, isn't that what the wizard and his butler was saying? <laughs> yeah. Aren't you with them? <laughs> yes. I'll go together. And it's like, yeah, or why not? <laughs> why aren't you guys friends? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm really glad he voiced that. And yeah. he's like, wait, that sounds like the same thing they want. <laughs> yeah, but I don't trust them. Right. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited. I'm excited for more Victor Timely. I think he's a, he's a kooky, fun character. And again, I can't wait for him to like, I want him to meet OB and OB is going to be like a mega fan or something. And he's like, you read my book. You're the only person who's read my book besides Casey. Yeah. That's going to be great. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited for the future of, I have a feeling, I just have a feeling that, that the next couple episodes might be better because they we've kind of got through some of like the weaker stuff and it feels like they're only going to make that past stuff better whether it's with docs or the Sylvie stuff so mm-hmm. like i have a good feeling about the next couple episodes but again like they could throw it all away and do something weird but i mm-hmm. i sure hope not i hope not yeah i feel like i i think there's also an amount of like you really want loki to work not just because it's a it's a good show not because it's just well, a well-designed show but um Loki working means Kang works later. Yes. Um, and like you need that. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping oh, yeah. that, that that wins out because like 
even even as I've had some critiques and problems with some of the episodes so far, like it, it doesn't bring it anywhere near like the bottom of the barrel of of the Disney Plus MCU no, shows no. that we've had as far as problems. I'm still like, despite having problems, like I'm still enjoying this more than like half the shows we watched. So like, yeah, yeah. it's just like a, it is, it's got like that oomph to it, which which is nice. Again, with besides some story stuff, like it feels like they're trying with this one. Even I still though, did think it was really funny when we when we got to the like all those timelines are gone. It's like all the good what if episodes. Yeah, all yeah. the good what if stories are gone. <laughs> well, hopefully, like they're still more branching out. So, like you know, yeah. hopefully the TVA can again enter that defensive mode, and we'll just have the multiverse. Oh, like Kevin, I think it was Kevin Feige. Somebody recently said every single Marvel movie that's ever been made is canon to the MCU. But I'm like, okay, you are really setting us up for Secret Wars. Yeah. Every, okay. All, so, although, yeah. He, yeah. He he went the you know like the the route DC kind of beat them too. Yes. But they're executing better. So yes. You know we're not gonna have uh, PGI fake men in our movie. Well, you know what? I won't even say better, just differently, because like I, credit where credits due. Arrow versus Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is really where they push the idea that hey, it, literally every DC project is canon. Yeah. They really delivered on that. Yeah. I, for for and the Flash for a network television show, they did yes. a really good job. And the Flash might suck, but like it's cool that we had Supergirl and Batman. Like like they are, we are in an era where like we can just do things that we want and like forget like canon because like it's all stupid bullshit anyway. Right. Like let's just mm -hmm. have fun. Which right. I'm glad we're finally at that point. Like yeah, let's just do it. Let's have fun. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the next evolution past this is what I'm excited about because we're like in the era of superhero cinema where they're like, well, we want to bring everything together under one umbrella and we want to celebrate it. And I'm yes. like, yeah, that's fine. Do that with the Marvel stuff. Bring in your Hugh Jackman. Bring in your uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil. Bring in your whatever. Um, Nicholas Cage, Ghost Rider. Do, yeah. do all. God, I hope so. God, I'll do. Do all of these things. Um, just like literally three minutes three minutes in secret wars of wesley snipes blade and nicholas cage ghost rider fighting side by side yeah and i'll be like cinema. oh my god the midnight sun yes thank you cinema baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chef's kiss cinema. listen no, I, I don't want to talk about like at all but like if the only nick cage superhero that we get is a cgi shitty superman i will lose my mind because he deserves better than that he doesn't put him on the screen the real screen baby yeah yeah uh, so, uh, what I was going to say with that though, is, um, it, I, I think that's all great. Like, I'm, I'm glad to do it. Like, let's celebrate it. Sure. Yeah. But then when we get past that, now that we've been like, you know, canon can be whatever we want it to be. We can also be a lot, uh, more liberal with Loose. where we jump in and how we tell stories in terms of the movies and, and what you're expected to know, and what you're expected to come to the table with. Um, and that these things can integrate without you necessarily having to feel like you're burdened by the entirety of it. It can feel honestly like, I mean, it's taken a long time to get here, but it can feel like comic books where you can jump in. And but it comic books took a long time to get there too. Yeah. yeah. So like, it, it, it makes sense. And yeah. I, I do think that's like where we're heading. I agree. Yeah. Um, you go big, you know, you go up, up, up balloon and then you come back down to yeah. get big again. And it, it is cool that we're, we are slowly seeing, because people are like, oh, what's the trajectory of, of the MCU after Endgame? It's like, well, we're watching it. And it just, guys, it takes time. It takes 10 years to build a saga, right? Like, it's not going to happen yeah. immediately. There's also been, like, twice as many projects. Like, it, I, I'm not going to say, like, oh, they haven't made missteps in no, how they manage these projects. But also, like, the amount of obstacles that have been thrown in their way post-Endgame is insane when you, like, list it all out. The passing of um, Chad Chadwick Boseman, the COVID, COVID pandemic, yeah. uh, the Bob Iger to Bob Chapek back to Bob Iger. Era, Even, like, the strikes uh, and stuff. Disney yeah. Plus, the strikes. Like, it, it's wild. It's wild when you list all the things that have been standing in their way. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. From from being able to just have, like, straight production on the things that they want to produce. So uh, Absolutely. 
uh, credit where credit's due. Like they're they're doing their best. It just came respects. out that it's confirmed that the the Falcon Winter Soldier there was a virus subplot oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that they straight up took out of the show because of COVID. I'm like, well, that's why that show kind of feels disjointed at times because they're missing half your plot. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, okay, I, I get it. All right, fine. Doesn't make excuse. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it because that would have been a lot, but not a lot. That would have been in bad taste. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's hey, not like people during COVID weren't making COVID movies in bad taste. Whatever. Uh, right. should, yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about. I think those. I think that like I think there's an amount of sensitivity to that that is like maybe too extreme. Yes. Um, I I like in that regard, I'm like I don't know. I feel like people would have just rolled with like knowing you didn't do it. It's it was a coincidence. That, like it's coincidence. You know, that's the, like tell your story. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Whatever. Anyway, that's Loki. Whew. One through three, baby. One through three. three. I'm excited. Three. I'll be back uh, for four, five, and six. Probably still stands, Brandon. He got he got burned real bad by Secret Invasion, so we don't know when he'll be back on a Marvel show. But that's okay. Yeah, um, he's loud. It's true. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that the next show after Secret Invasion was Loki because I anything else would have been a risk. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. like what 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 do we we have? Echo would have been like if it's not Loki, e- it would have been Echo. Echo and, and then like Echo. I I want Echo to be good, but boy, would I have not have wanted to bet on it right after Secret Invasion. Also, they're like dumping that entire show. Technically, I think the next one is What If season two. I don't know what that um, show is. Never heard of it. And then Echo, and then um, Agatha. No, that's that's further away. Uh, Agatha. I don't know. I don't know what comes after anymore. Um, especially with like the changes they're making. Yeah. Um, I'm not really yeah. sure. Okay. Well, that'll do her. Yeah, that'll, that'll do her. Do her. Uh, do you, can, you can check out more Fake Nerds Watch uh right here where we do all that stuff on YouTube. You can check it out on the audio feed. We've definitely done our secret invasion that we've alluded to, Ahsoka that's happened, mm-hmm. um, other things on the docket. Uh, if you are checking this out and in the timeline that it's coming out, 2024 at the time of recording, not releasing because of the strikes, but hopefully uh the strikes will end soon. If they We're don't end soon, they get their contracts. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long We're hoping that they get their contracts all yeah. uh squared out so everyone gets paid what they're owed yep. and what's fair and their protections they're des- they they deserve so that we can uh continue to support them publicly and put our episodes back out as well. Um if that is happening, some of the other things you can look forward to on Fake Nerds Watch are Monarch. Um Legacy of Monsters, which is coming to Apple. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Probably on Animation Station, Invincible Season 2. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, I would love to talk about Gen V. <laughs> yeah, Gen V, that's around. And uh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott mm. Pilgrim shows on the horizon. And, uh, and there's another big show. Sonic like, Prime? Right at the end of December. Huh? It's not, it's not oh, Sonic yeah. You Prime. Ben and I need to get together and do Sonic Prime on Animation Station. That has to happen. True, so true. that's around this time. We need to finish Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, wrap out that conversation. Um, uh, the My Adventures with Superman is still on the table. All kinds of stuff is still happening, guys. So uh, there's going to there's gonna be plenty. Yeah. Um, also, uh, movie reviews, uh, we got them around. Um, Basement Arcade and Fake Book Club have been running strong. They've been running strong through the strikes. Video so games. Content to go check out. Um, Spooktober is definitely over by now, but if you want to go check it out, we did a whole lot of Spooktober gaming. Highly recommend if you want to enjoy some spooky games. Oh, yeah. Um, otherwise you can find us at fakenerdpodcast.com. Support us on Patreon. Uh, like and subscribe wherever you can. Um, all that good stuff, all those links are there. Uh, uh, you can find me um, just really hoping for the best uh, with the rest of Loki season two at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P R K Z Witty. Ryan, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me uh, mm-hmm. everywhere on the internet at DJ Tony Stark. Oh no, guys. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
it's still gross. Uh, ben, still where good. can they find you? Well, you can find me not time slipping or time skipping, whatever it's called, at Ben Magnet Twenty Seven on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. And you can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine. Go to Nintendo.com and play Mary Frankenstein on D and Dark. Hell yeah! All right, sounds good. We'll catch you next time uh, here at Fake Nerds Watch. Until then, stay fake nerds.